the one thing, as all of you know better than I do, uh, that really does get the public interest in uh, relation to railways uh, to a new level is this perennial argument about how much do you charge in fares as opposed to how much subsidy is coming from the general taxpayer. Now, I don't see that getting any easier, frankly, and it's going to be you know, quite controversial, uh, especially at a time when it's possible, we don't know yet, that a lot of commuter revenue may go, you know, as the labour market adjusts and so on. Um, we don't know yet what's going to happen to, to long-term, uh, uh, you know, the longer distance rail travel. But you are going to be making all these changes at a time when uh, the costs of the railways uh, will continue to rise because of investment, because of, of um, you know, the constraints on public expenditure, uh, and you know, there'll be the pressure on fares, which is say is what really what conditions, especially for regular. Uh, uh, um, um, rail users. So that's why, you know, I, you know, the, the reason I flagged it up early in my contribution is that you can't walk around this. And, you know, I do understand what all of you are saying about the 30 year um, uh, commitment. And believe me, I'm going to say this is an ex-politician as I am now. Uh, the best thing in the world is to announce a 30 year plan because you can be very sure you won't be around when uh, the chickens come, come to home to roost 30 years later on. So you just need to be aware of that. I, I'm not denigrating Keith's done an excellent job, but I just think, you know, as we discuss it now on implementation, you need to go into this with your eyes very wide open. I, if I can come back on it, if, if this was a, a railway run at maximum efficiency, um, then um, you, you'd really worry. Yeah, um, I think we can actually demonstrate that there's about a billion and a half of costs that can come out relatively quickly. Um, but you know, as in all things, for that cost to come out, you've got to replace it with something. Um, and, and the obvious example, to, you know, to give an instance, is is ticketing. Yeah, um, ticketing today is it, it's, it's in the dark ages. Yeah, um, if you look at the why the airlines went to e-ticketing, it it was not actually to to benefit their customers. It did benefit their customers, but it was actually to take three billion of cost out of the industry. Um, but it does. It did need some investment to do that. You know, great yeah. business case. So, um, you know, all I'm making the case of is, yes, hold hold the industry to account to take cost out, but don't starve of it in investment to make that happen. Yeah, yeah. Good luck with that, Keith. Um, just bear in mind that when we were doing the reforms nearly 30 years ago, there was a rising you know, economy. Uh, growth, you know, was a, a long uninterrupted period of growth. Uh, that's why passenger rise, passenger use of the railways went up actually more than whether it was privately or publicly owned. Uh, but um, all I can say is whilst the Treasury will always be receptive to good ideas for taking money out, long experience shows us that uh, it, the relationship in taking costs out and actually getting the benefit can sometimes be nearer to a 30 year time horizon that you might not, you, that you might think, but good luck with anyway on that. So, Alistair, okay. I, this is why um, I said actually these are short term payback projects, you know, very short term payback projects. Um, I hope so. In, in the life of this Parliament. 